Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Amen. God bless you this morning. As you can see, I'm uh, Mr. Mom today. I have my three kids with me. And um, for the old school, you probably have seen them and said, man, they've grown a lot. And uh, I would concur, I am getting old. But it's awesome always to come and visit and see what God is doing in this church. Whether it be with the old crew or the new people I see, um, God is faithful. Amen. Amen. Um, so, as Pastor Rigo mentioned, you know, for those people who volunteer and stay late and, and sacrifice their, their weekends for church, um, I, understand, I understand that there may be times where we just don't want to do it. But understand that you are blessing not only yourself, but the church and the future generations, which are those kids. Amen. Uh, before I actually dive into the message, as a pastor or as a, as a speaker, when you're going to preach on something, you, it's always nice when God confirms the message, right? When God uses someone to affirm what you're going to speak on. And as we were worshiping this morning, you know, we, we touched upon the word fear and how God's love is there and how he doesn't abandon us. Um, and that's exactly what I'm going to be preaching on. Um, and again, I just want to reiterate that God is faithful. Amen. So with that said, let's just open up in a word of prayer real quick before we actually dive into the message. Father God, I want to thank you, Jesus, again for your faithfulness. I want to thank you, Father, for allowing us to be here this morning in your presence. I ask, Father God, that you would continue to move Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me, Father, as I render myself to you right now, Lord, that you would speak, that it will be your words through your flow, Father God. I ask, Lord, that you would continue to speak with your children here this morning, Father God, that we would leave this place understanding, Father God, your love, your faithfulness, and your promises, Father God, for us. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning the message is entitled, He Hath Said. Or for today's terms, He Has Said, right? In Deuteronomy 31.8, it says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will, ne- uh, he will never leave you nor forsake you. But be not afraid, be not discouraged. How many of you here this morning, and this is a little bit interactive, how many of you get scared easily? Anybody? How many people in this room have just been scared at one time or another? Yeah? You see, fear has many forms, right? Many forms. Fear restricts the individual from living a normal, fruitful, enjoyable, victorious life. When you've encountered fear, it changes the way you think, right? 
It changes the way you feel, the, the way that you see things. Fear has that control. And this morning, even though I have my son here, I'm going to use him as an example. Um, how many of you have ever seen the Netflix show Stranger Things? Anybody? All right. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's fantastic. But with that said, it's, it's basically a show that my son, I found, found out, had, had watched. And knowing my son as I do, he gets scared very easily. Like very easily. And, you know, he's growing into his body. He's only nine years old. He's growing into, you know, the boy and the future man he's going to be. So when he told my wife and I that he had watched all of series one, I was, I was pretty excited. I was pretty proud that my son had watched this, this show, which is a little scary. And um, I think it was the, that same night or the, or the next day, um, I was sleeping at night. And I'm a very light sleeper, and I hear tippy toes. So I raise my head out of bed, and I'm looking, and who is it? It's my son with his pillow in his hand. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I'm scared. I can't fall asleep. So, you know, this is not the first time I wake up in the middle of the night, and he's scared. So I don't think I was very nice in my reply. And I said, you're never going to watch Stranger Things again. This is why you're not, you're not allowed to watch these shows because you're just not ready. So I walk him to his bed and he's at, he has a bunk bed and I went back to bed. I prayed for him. Um, I went back to bed. Maybe two minutes later, I hear tippy toes again. And obviously he couldn't sleep. So I get his mattress and, and, and for any parents in the room, I'm very strict when it comes to kids sleeping in my bed, right? Um, so I get his mattress and I put him in his sister's room, which is right next door. I put his mattress on the floor and I said, listen, your sister's here. I'm here. I prayed over him again. Go to sleep. By this time, I'm already awake, right? Because I'm doing too much activity. And, uh, I think an hour goes by and I wake up to check on him and his eyes are like this, just wide open. And I'm like, just go to sleep. He's like, I can't, I can't. So at that, at this point... I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to be tired tomorrow morning. Let me just get him to fall asleep. I get my stuff. I go sleep in the couch, and I put my son in my bed. I come to check on him. This is no lie. 30 seconds later, he's snoring. He is out cold. And the next, in, in the morning when I wake up to go to, my, to take a shower, I look at the bed, and I see my son outstretched arms, holding my wife's hand, hands interlocked. He was in the presence of his mom, of his parents. He was safe. He felt safe, and he was able to fall asleep. See, fear can be found both in the natural and the spiritual. We can watch a movie and be fearful. We can climb a tall building and be fearful. We can be asked to lead a meeting and be fearful. We can be told by God to speak to someone and be fearful, right? Life can be uncertain at times. We're not sure what is happening to us or, or around us. Our outcomes are, are not clear and things can get out of control very quickly. But God clearly wants to remind his people and he, reminded, he reminds me every day in Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord goes before you 
Understand that. He goes before you. He makes a way before you. He's not next to you or behind you. He's in front of you. And he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Be not afraid. Be not discouraged. So how can a believer have victory in the face of fear or sorrow, trials, doubt, difficulties, persecution, or, or depression? This morning, my intent is to remind each of you that the Lord has promised that he will never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible is full of examples of God's promises, promises that are for you and for me. And this, and this morning, my message is not long at all. I, I would tell you that it's not even a message. It's more of a, of a sharing with you this morning. And number one is that God will never abandon us. Have you ever felt abandoned? Yes. I mean, listen, don't be shy. We are all the same. I have been abandoned. I have felt abandoned at times. I felt abandoned in the natural, right? And in the spiritual, when I'm praying to God and I don't feel him, I don't see him, I can't hear him. Can I get an amen? amen. But the fact is, is that God's Bible, God's word, God's inspired uh, words to his people, he clearly says, I will never abandon you. This morning I want to share very briefly on, on, on David. And Pastor Rigo um, shared upon him, which is, which is awesome because God is faithful. Listen, David is... is, is was a man after God's own heart. But he was full of, of fear and, and, and situations that, that were, were obscure and, and, and full of persecution and, and running for his life. Just a quick synopsis of his life. He was a shepherd boy who was anointed by Samuel to be the next king of Israel. You might know him as the one who defeated Goliath with a rock to the forehead. He would play the, the harp when Saul, King Saul was full of depression and, and, and anxiety. He would come and smooth him with his playing of, of the harp. But one day, Saul came after him. And, and from that point on, he was running for his life, living in caves, His story goes on by losing his best friend, Jonathan, and becoming the king of Israel and committing adultery. And not only adultery, but killing the husband of the, of the wife that he committed adultery with. But the fact is that God never abandoned him. Even in the midst of that sin that he committed, what did he do? He brought the prophet Nathan to remind him, listen, this is not who you're supposed to be. God loves you. God has called you. Refocus your life in his ways and God will restore himself in you. Pastor Rigo mentioned very briefly of my, my testimony and that testimony continues to this day. Uh, not specifically in my life, but in my life due to my wife and all the trials that she has gone through that she continues to go through. Trials of, of death of her brothers and cancer with her family and homosexuality with her brothers and addiction with another brother. Listen, it's tough. 
And I think every time I come here, I preach on that because I've come to realize that it's, it's God is speaking through me and showing himself through me. So it's easier for me to preach because that's what I'm going through. But one thing is certain is that God has never abandoned us. God has always been there for my wife and I and for my family. Though it has been difficult and it continues to be difficult and sometimes it looks bleak and hopeless, God is there. God will never abandon me. God will never turn his back away from me. And that's exactly what he did with King David. He never abandoned him. He was always there with him. But there was one thing, one key thing that we as believers need to maintain, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to keep that fellowship with Jesus Christ. Well, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas were men of God. And there came a point in their lives where they were preaching the word of God and they were arrested for preaching the gospel. And not only were they arrested, but they were whipped. I don't think anybody here has ever been whipped. But I have been striked when I was younger with a belt. And boy, did it hurt. But it was never to the point where it was an open wound, right? It wasn't to the point where I was lashed on my back multiple times. And that's exactly what had happened to Paul and Silas. They had been whipped. And not only had they been whipped and, 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 and arrested, but they had been thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. Their back ripped open with a whip. And at midnight, in the most unsanitary of conditions, with their legs and arms stretched out apart in shackles, what did they begin to do? Anybody? Began to worship. Listen, I've never been whipped to that extent. Not even close. I have never been shackled with my legs outstretched and my arms outstretched where I can't even move because if I move, it begins to pull the muscles. I've never been in prison. But to bring all those factors in play and at midnight, at midnight where, where, where they were, I would give them the benefit if they were to say, God, where are you? Why has this happened to me? Why haven't you saved me? Like, I would understand that, right? That would probably be my initial reaction if I was living in the flesh, right? If my eyes weren't focused on Jesus Christ, if I hadn't seen what God had done in their lives, right? But at midnight, they began to worship. They began to worship. You see, this Christian walk is all about perspective. It's all about perspective. If you've ever encountered fear, it's all about perspective. If you allow the fear to overtake you, your perspective is not on Jesus, but on the fear. It's on that situation. But if if our perspective is on Jesus Christ, no matter what the fear is, no matter what the situation is, we understand that we're not alone. We understand that even though we're facing whatever fear factor it may be, we understand that God has gone before us, that God is making a way 
for us, that he is right next to us, holding us, that he will never abandon us. But, but, but let's be frank and let's be truthful. 99.9% of the time, that's not the way we react. We allow the fear to consume us. We allow the fear to get the better of us. When we move away from the spiritual, we find ourselves more fearful. There's been times where I'm facing situations that are fearful and I forget about God. I forget about, I forget, and when I say I forget about God, it means I forget to run to God and say, God, I'm here, I'm going through this. I don't know why, I don't know why I feel like this, but I need you. I need you to strengthen me. I need you to give me that power, that supernatural power, right? That's what I should be saying, but I found myself in many times where I'm saying, how can I fix this? How can I get out of this? Or I speak to somebody I don't need to be speaking to, right? And when, those, when I use those resources or, or those tools, I find myself that the fear gets bigger and louder and stronger, and Jesus be, gets smaller and smaller and can easily disappear from my view because my perspective is wrong. And I've come to find out that when I come to God, when I immediately feel the fear coming in or the worry or the anxiety, and I just simply pray to God, if I just stop for a second and say, Lord, here I am, I need you. It could, it's just those simple words, and, and, and you may think those words don't mean much, but what's happening is that you are reminding yourself that you are not in control. You are reminding yourself that you are, you are somebody else's property. You are reminding yourself that you belong to somebody else, somebody else whose name is Jesus Christ who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, who rose on the third day and who is seated at the right hand of the Father. When you begin to speak words of life into your soul, your, per your perspective changes. Acts 16, 25 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Understand that when you are facing fear, other people are looking at you. If you are a Christian here this morning, and I'm talking about a real Christian, not somebody who comes to church because you want to feel good about yourself, but somebody who loves Jesus and is committed to Jesus, understand that people are watching you. Understand that you are an example. That there's people in your workplace or in school or in your family that are striving to feel loved and wanted and to live a life that has purpose and they see something different in you, but they just don't want to give into what you have. And they're just waiting for you to see if what you have is going to last. 
And they're just trying to see if it's going to last. And if you don't last, you know what's going to happen? They're going to say, it was fake. It wasn't real. But let me tell you something. But if it lasts, listen, you have left a seed in that soul that maybe you will not see it grow. But somebody else that God is using, it's going to blossom. But understand that your perspective has to be aligned to God's word. And God's word says, if you fellowship with me, if you put me first, if you fix your eyes upon my word and my promises, I will ne never abandon you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Maybe this morning you can relate to a parent leaving you, turning his back on you. Or you know somebody who's who has a parent where they just gave him up. That is forsaking. Whatever the situation may have been, they forsake that child. That's what that word means, that, that God would leave their child in whatever situation that God would say, yeah, I see you as my child, but I'm no longer your father. God would never do that. God would never do that. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Listen, I encourage you that when you read the word of God, that you really focus on the words that are being said out loud when you read it. Because they are full of power. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we just read it. We just read the words and we don't understand the gravity, the power that lies within them. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will, up, I will hold you with my righteous right hand. That's a good, I mean, God is so powerful. He's holding us in his right hand. Beyond, I mean, that's just beyond me. But it goes to show you how powerful our God is. You know, my wife says her, her fight song is, is a song by, uh, that says, I will raise a hallelujah. And if you've never heard that song, I encourage you to look it up. It's by Bethel Music. And I'm not sure if the lyrics may be up or not, but it's our fight song. Whenever we're faced with trials or a negative proclamation in our life, we run to this song. And it says, I will raise a high hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Does anybody have enemies this morning? I will raise a hallelujah louder than my unbelief. And that is key right there. There are times in our lives, in my life, where I have no clue what's going to happen. Everything around me shows failure. Everything around me shows that it's not going to be better. It's just going to get worse. But I will sing 
louder than my unbelief. And sometimes, people, that's exactly what we have to do. We need to sing louder than our unbelief. Because the fact is, is that if we begin to proclaim victory over our unbelief, we will eventually believe that we will have victory. Because God is in control. I will raise a hallelujah. My weapon is my melody. Understand this morning that you need to be plugged into the spiritual to overcome the physical life and the spiritual life. And our greatest weapon is not your hands, it's not your feet, it is your mouth. Begin to praise God. Begin to say, God, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. I am yours. I am your son and daughter. You saved me. I gave my life to you. I raise a hallelujah, heaven. Heaven comes to fight for me. I'm going to sing in the middle of my storm. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. I will raise a hallelujah. Fear, you lost your hold on me. This morning, maybe fear has a hold on you. Fear has had a hold on you for years upon years. You want to overcome that fear? If you really want to overcome that fear, Jesus needs to take over. I'm not here to tell you your situation is going to get better today or tomorrow or ever. But I will tell you that when fear tries to get a hold of you or to remind you that God is going to swoop in to remind you that he is greater, that he is for you and not against you, that he will never abandon you nor forsake you, that he is your help in the midst of fear or of problems. Pastor Rigo said that very clear this morning. Listen, this Christian walk is, is, is a walk of victory. It is. The victory is in heaven. The victory is when we die and we're with the Lord singing hallelujah. And we are saved forevermore with him. But as we walk this life, this physical life, we will be faced with problems every single day. Those problems may be minor. They may be very, very tough. But let's, remi let's remind each other here this morning that our King of Kings, our Jesus, our Messiah, who walked this earth... Was he not faced with trials and tribulations? Ultimately giving his life for each and every one of us. Amen. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you for wherever you go. This morning... I want to leave that charge with you. As Joshua spoke to his army, he said, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? This morning, be strong and courageous in the Lord. Not in Pastor Rigo, not in this church, not in the leaders of this church, but in Jesus Christ. In the promises of our Messiah. John 14, 18. 
I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Understand that when you call out to Jesus, he runs to you. He is there with you. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. 1 Peter 5.7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Listen, your mom and dad may not care for you. Your spouse may not care for you. Your children may not care for you. But there is one who will always care for you, and that is Jesus. Perspective. Matthew 28, 20, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am, I am showing you these verses so you can write down because one day or tomorrow or today when you are faced with fear or anxiety or depression or the unknown, these are just some of the verses that are found in the Bible that will speak life to you that will remind you of who you serve and who is in control. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Listen, Pastor Rigo says something so true. I am not perfect. To be honest, I suck. I am insignificant but yet God loves me. God saved me. And when I am faced with trials and tribulations and the fear, I need to run to God's word. I have tried to do it on my own. And sometimes I find myself going back to that person who tried to do it on his own. Because sometimes as individuals, as humans, we, we need to see ourselves busy trying to fix a problem. And the fact is, is that when we are weak, he is made strong. It is when we focus our eyes on Jesus, that is the true work at hand. Bring forth strength and courage and, a, and the godly perspective. The fact is, is that we can read these verses until we're blue in the face. But if we don't believe them as truth, they are just simply words. We could preach here all day about God never abandoning you and God loving you and God never forsaking you. But if you don't believe it yourself, we're wasting our time. If we're not daily reading the word of God, then we're simply wasting our time. Listen, if you're not having communion with the Lord, you're wasting your time. Yeah, you're a child of God, but you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time because God is not able to speak to you. God is not able to use you or impart in you what he, what he desires to give you. If you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or if you have a spouse... Have you ever gone on a spell where you don't talk to each other? For example, my wife and I, 
we have three kids, she works, I work, we have busy schedules. And there will be days where our communication is maybe less than 50 words. Because by the time we have a time to talk, we're both tired and we go to sleep. And if that happens for a day or two days or three days, I feel disconnected with my wife. I truly do. I feel disconnected. Something's wrong. I don't feel as one with my wife. But if our communication is in depth, if I know what's happening in her life and vice versa, man, I feel connected. I feel like I know everything that's happening. I feel like we're in sync. And that's the same way our relationship with the Lord should be. We need to be on a daily sync with our, uh, with our king. We can't be just having a, a five-minute prayer with God and saying, God, thank you for a great day. Thank you for your blessings. That's cheap change. That's a good step. That's a good first step. But God wants us to go deeper and deeper and deeper. If we're not fellowshipping in the presence of the Lord, we're simply wasting our time. You know, going back to my son, the story that I opened up with, I prayed for him. And he knows the Lord. All my kids know the Lord. They've been raised in church. I prayed for them. I prayed for him. I reminded him that he was in a safe place. I reminded him that I was next door, that his sister was next door, the alarm was on, that God was with him. But he couldn't fall asleep. He still had fear. Though I had prayed for him, Though his dad had told him he was safe, that I was right next door, that the alarm was on, fear was still overtaking him. See, the fact is, he didn't believe anything I said. He heard it. He heard it. He didn't believe it. If he would have believed it, he would have been able to fall asleep. The only thing that calmed his fear was sleeping on my bed with his, with his mom. You see, this morning I could read scripture to you. I could pray over you. I could remind you that you are a son or daughter of Jesus Christ. I could tell you that God will never leave you nor forsake you. You could even maybe believe it. Superficial belief. But if you're not dwelling in the presence of God, like my son was dwelling in the presence of his mother, fear will not leave. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say this morning. 
reading verses will only take you so far. Singing worship songs will only take you so far. It will change your mindset. But it would only take you so far. But if you are dwelling in the presence of the Lord, if you are praying and seeking God's face, if you are having communion with the, with the, with the Father, that's where the real change takes place. Just like my son, you may say, okay, he's only nine years old. Yeah, I understand that. But it wasn't until he was in the presence of his father and mother did he feel truly safe. In the same way with us, we can be engulfed with fear, depression, or anxiety, sorrow, doubt. You plug in whatever. People can speak truth over you, pray over you. You can hear and read scripture, but if you don't believe it, if you don't trust in it, if you don't dive with the Messiah in his presence, you're just wasting your time. Have you ever met somebody where they come to you for help and you tell them exactly how to fix the problem, but they don't do it? And the next day they come back to you and say, I had the same problem. And then you, you're a nice friend and you say it again. And they come back to you again. I'm still in this problem. And you ask them, did you do what I said? And what's their reply? No. Then don't come to me with the problems. See, that's not God. That's not God. God has an everlasting patience with his kids. Amen. Amen. But God wants you to understand this morning that God will never abandon you, he will never forsake you, and that he is with you. But you have to do your part. You have to do your part. I'm going to close with this. And it's a little long, but I hope you guys can bear with it. As Pastor Rigo mentioned, David... The book of Psalms is, is amazing because David was just like us. He went through stuff. And if you read Psalms, typically in the beginning of the Psalm, he begins with his problems, his fears, his situations. But he typically ends with the Psalms with what? Reminding himself that God is king, that God is with him, that God has a plan for him. And that's the way we need to view our lives and our situations. When we come before the Lord, Lord, listen, man, you know my problems. Here they are. I lay them at your feet. But I know that you are God. I know that you're with me. If you have a Bible or maybe it will be projected, Psalms 139 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. 
you hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high. I cannot attain it. This is awesome right here, seven. Try to place yourself in David's situation. Because this has been me many times. Where should I go from your spirit? Where should I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall uphold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inner parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me when as yet... There was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. This morning, if you can stand to your feet, I pray that you've understood what I've tried to communicate. If there's something I can guarantee in this life is that you will be faced with obstacles. Those obstacles may be fear or anxiety or depression. You can plug in whatever you want to plug in. But if your perspective is not aligned to your Messiah, you will be stuck in that fear until you decide to give God the reins of your life. God loves you. There's no doubt that God loves you because if you are saved this morning, you've understood that love and you've given your life to him. And this morning, I, I, there was an altar call that was God's holy presence in this place. I'm not going to have an altar call this morning, but I want to give you the opportunity that if you are experiencing this fear, with every eye closed this morning, I just want you to have a couple of seconds of time where you can analyze your life. The fact is, is that we can know you, but there's only one that truly knows you and that is Jesus 
And this morning, he just wants you to run to him and to lay every fear, every doubt, every situation at his feet so that he can show you and remind you that he is more than able to give you the strength and the power to overcome. So this morning, I encourage you to speak life to your life this morning. To remind that fear that it has no place in your life. That you are a son and daughter of the Most High. And that not by your words, but by the words of our King, He says, I am with you. He is with you this morning. He will not abandon you nor forsake you. So therefore do not be dismayed. For he is your God. And this morning as we leave this place. And you find yourself encountering a situation. Remember who you serve. Remember that you're not alone. Begin to open your mouth and profess Jesus' name. Sing a hallelujah. Remind the enemy that it has no place in your life. And that he is a liar and that he's under your feet in the name of Jesus. You must remember that we have no power in our words. The power comes from within and that is from Jesus Christ. So when you speak life make sure that you are saying in the name of Jesus because that is the name that is the power that is the source of victory in our lives Father God I thank you Lord Jesus for today I lift up my brothers and sisters in this place, Father God, who find themselves struggling with fear. Whatever fear that may be, Father God, we come boldly into your presence, united as one this morning, to remind ourselves that we are not alone. As we read in your word this morning, Father God, we remind ourselves that you are with us. That you will never abandon us. That you will never forsake us. I pray, Father God, that we would be able to render our complete lives to you. Not in some parts, but in all parts, Father God. The, the nasty, the, the things that we're ashamed of, Father God. We just lay it at your altar this morning and say, Father God, do your work. Re reveal yourself more to me. Work in this area because I know you can. Give me the victory, Father God, that I so seek, so, so desperately seek after, Father.
Remind me that I am yours and that you are mine. Remind me that you love me no matter what. And that when we are faced with fear, Father God, that we would proclaim immediately that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. That we are your sons and daughters of the Most High and that you are with us. Father God, we thank you so much for your presence. We thank you, Father God, because you are with us. And daily you remind us of your beauty and your majesty and your faithfulness. And Father God, we will sing in hallelujah. Louder than our unbelief. Louder than the situation before us, Lord God, we will proclaim Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Father God, I pray, Lord God, that you will continue to bless the nest, this church, the people of this church. Father God, that they would always put you first, Father God. That they would always speak the truth, the word of, of Jesus Christ. That as people come, new people come, people who don't know you, that come into this church, Father God, that they will feel and know and see the presence of the Lord. That you would expand their territory. Father God, once again, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence and for this opportunity that you've given us to serve you, to be your children. Continue to bless us as we leave this place. And this morning, your people say, amen and amen. God bless you this morning.